Are you recording? Oh, great. You know. Yes, I'm recording. Shut okay. it. Shut it. <laughs> Shut it. S that D. So it is, uh, are we going? I guess we can go. Sure. What do you think? You've been going since, what do you, what do you say? I've been going since Jump Street. Jump Street. Ugh. Did Jump Street come from 21 Jump Street, or was there a reference to Jump Street before Jump Street? I don't know, but I really liked 21 Jump Street, the TV show, not the, although the movie Street. was okay. Say okay. jump, jump. Right. Down on Jump Street. <laughs> Isn't there something like wow. that? Is something that like that. Something like that? Yeah. I, don't, I don't even remember. That's popping into my head. Is that a thing? It is. Oh, okay. Well, that was close. Jump then. Street. To uh, Johnny Depp, Peter Early Deloise. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, was, who was the 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 uh, black dude with the goatee that was their captain? Who's that actor? You know that guy? He's a really good actor. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Here, let me see. Cast. Peter Deloise, Dustin Gwynn, Frederick Forrest. I like that guy. He was a good actor. I wonder if he's still around. No, that's not him. Oh, Stephen Williams. Is that Captain the guy? Fuller. Yeah, Adam yeah, Fuller. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy was cool. Yeah. He was really good in that role. Uh, he's still alive, 67 years old. There you go. Look at that. I like that guy. He was in a few other things, too, that I can't quite picture. Right A Team, Hill Street Blues, Hunter, The Equalizer. Wow, he did a ton of stuff. MacGyver. Yeah, he was one. I think he was one of those TV guys, right? Who was on. A few, uh, an episode or two of everything. Like recurring characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like him. He was good. And he's in the Blues Brothers. Isn't he one of the cops in the Blues Brothers or something? I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, 21 <laughs> Jump Street. So, Where are we going from there? As you've, as you've probably guessed, this is a show about photography. This on taking pictures because <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's, it's 21 Jump Street Tuesday. <laughs> 21 Jump Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's uh, it's Tuesday, August 16th, and we are getting into episode 225. Oh my god. Two and a quarter. Mm, feels good. Feels good. I feel like we're we're just starting to find our groove. I think I think we oh figured this god. out. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good, Billy Ray. <laughs> uh yeah, it is on taking pictures. Bill Wadman is in Brooklyn. I am. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris, DC. And uh, here we go. So, how you been? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm um been a little re- uh busy recovering from bad barbecue. Yeah, I can't do the barbecue anymore. Weird. It's sad. I used to like barbecue. Well, now it, I just feel gross the next day. Um hey, I I got this uh this Daido Moriyama book. Daido Mariama. I like that. Daido game. Tokyo. Yeah. It's really good. Half the book is in color. Half the book is in black and white. Okay. But what they've done for the black and white half is they've, it's almost like they've printed in silver on black paper. The oh, paper really? is a matte black. Yeah. Uh, if, if you go to my Instagram feed, there's a shot up there. It's at Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, you know, on Instagram. There's a shot of it. Um, but it, it looks like like silver, uh, a very slight metallic silver on black matte paper. It's a fantastic effect. Oh, that's pretty cool. I wonder how they did that. 
I don't know, but it's really you well think done. That, you think it's actually black paper? Or do you think they just kind of printed black on the rest of the page? It feels like it's actually black. It almost feels like like a thin black construction paper, like that kind of a tooth to it. Okay, yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. feel like an ink black. It does feel, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Well, you know, with the high contrast stuff that he tends to shoot, that kind of would work, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's amazing how much the 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 work informs what you print it on you know Mm -hmm. i mean you Mm -hmm. and i were even talking about this yesterday with with your print set right it's like certain certain pictures you know can sit on on matte paper really well and other things need to pop a little more they need a coating and and some things like sometimes i see stuff printed on all those crazy completely uncoated uh almost uh art watercolor kind of papers and stuff and to me my pictures would look like dull nothings on those pictures on that kind of paper but right. certain other people's pictures, that that's what kind of makes them sit nicely in, in whatever space they're supposed to be, you know. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, I, I will tell you, I mean, as long as we're on, do you, do you want to switch these two around and just start with yeah, paper? Yeah, yeah, start as we're with here? that since we're there, yeah. <clears throat> so as long as we're there, uh, Red River, Red River Paper Company, uh, makes my favorite paper. Uh, it's a San Gabriel semi-gloss fiber paper, and it's... It's a beautiful paper. It's got it. It feels like a darkroom paper. Uh, it's got that sort of cotton tooth to the back, but then it's got a slightly textured semi-gloss front face, and and it's just a it's a beautiful paper. It's three hundred GSM, so it's got a nice thickness to it. Uh, but they they had some problems with it with their supplier with the the mill, and they discontinued it and and brought out a replacement, which is. Uh, it's still San Gabriel semi-gloss, but it's no longer being called fiber. It's called Barita. Is it Barita or Barita? Barita? Uh, I think it's Barita. B-A-R-Y-T-A. Barita style paper. Okay. Anyway, so it's it's an alpha cellulose paper. It's got a little different handling to it. And, and they sent me a sample pack and uh, I did some printing on it yesterday. And at first, I got to tell you, I didn't like it. Um, oh, at first. Okay. Well, there's a, there's, is there an update to this? There's a caveat. Yeah, there's a caveat. Well, just before you print on it, what you will notice is, and, and I think you, you did a review on this. Did you do it on on taking pictures or billwadman.com? Yeah. It's where's, your, where's your review of, of it's, San Gabriel? It, well, it's actually, it's probably, it's on both. I imported everything. I think okay. I imported Maybe you can find it and put it in the show notes because yeah, it you had basically the same things. It was, it was linked, but I think now that it's a new version, they removed they're waiting the for new reviews. Yeah, but yeah. maybe you can link it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll find it. Because I, I think you and I had very similar uh, responses to it or reactions yeah, to it. It felt like old school fiber paper from the darkroom, which to me absolutely. looks great on black and white. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's got a little bit of a warmth to it. This version, this new version, I, I think it could be a new paper. I mean, it, and, and what I mean by that is they could have marketed it as a new paper. Right. Um, because it it's... It feels more like a resin-coated paper, number one, than a fiber paper. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't, it's, it goes to the cool side, not to the warm side, which is something that I think you said that you, you kind of dig. You kind of like cooler papers or, or more neutral papers than warm papers for most of the stuff that you work on. Is that, is that did I hear uh, that right? I, I like neutral. I don't like when they go, when they have too many optical white, a lot of times when they say 
something's cool or or it's white, what they're doing is adding all those uh, chemicals, right. the optical the whiteners. Brightness. I don't I don't like when things go actually the opposite of that. I don't like when things go too blue. I do I also don't like things that almost look yellow. So right. I, I like as neutral as I can get. But if it's going to be neutral and it's got a ten to one side, I'd rather lean towards warm. But uh, well, I'll have to dig out some of my older prints because in in comparing it to the older version. It looks cool, but it may just be neutral because the older version was warm. So I'll have to dig out some older paper that I know is cooler to see kind of where it sits. It, everything's relative, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, I have some of that. I was telling you that I uh, tend to use the the Ultra Pro Satin, but they right. they actually updated that to Ultra Pro Satin Mark II a few years mm-hmm. ago. And mm-hmm. I don't know notice that much of a difference, but I also don't... Um, I don't print full sets of things and then go compare them to later prints and that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, right. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing. You can get really obsessive about this stuff if you're not careful. <laughs> or if well, you're not- and, and you, you can. Yeah. And so I, I printed a couple yesterday Yeah, and um, I didn't, I didn't really like it. There was this weird color cast to the work. I printed a, a color and a black and white and I didn't really dig it. And I, so I, I called, uh, Drew Hendricks, who's the president of Red River, uh, who I've I've known in passing since we started Fade and Blurred because they were kind enough. Red River, even back then, were kind enough to send us uh, packs of paper to give away on photo walks and, yeah. and coupons for discounts. So they they are a very customer oriented company. And I and I, I have a lot of respect for them for that. It's, it's kind of cool that you and I both independently had been in contact with them before you and it's I funny, even started right? the show. Yeah. We were talking about that the other day. You were like, yeah. oh yeah, Drew, I know Drew. Right. So he, he was on, he was out of the office for a few days. He called me back and we had a nice talk about it. And, uh, you know, here's a guy who's been in the paper industry for going on 20 years now and is very passionate about putting out the best paper that they can at a, at a great price for their customers yeah. to keep their customers coming back. So no problems there. Um, and he said they just ended up having a lot of problems with the supplier, which is why they're selling the version one. They've got some, some remainders, so they're selling it at a discount uh, because there may or may not be problems with a sheet here or there. And they just they, they weren't getting the quality that they, that they had come to expect and that their customers some expected. That. Uh, I don't want to. I don't I, because okay. if I'm going to sell if I'm going to sell prints, I want to I want to get you know the the best paper I can that gives the results that I like. All right. So what? So so what's your plan? So well, wait, you you didn't like the the new one yesterday. I didn't You've like it at first. Well, th- they have updated. This was my mistake. They updated the profile ah. to account for the new paper, and I was still using the profile for version one. Oh, okay. Not sure. for version two. So I downloaded the new profile, uh, installed it, reprinted those two pictures as a test. Bob's your uncle. Everything's fine. They look beautiful. The, so it the, really does look fantastic. The other thing you have to remember with inkjet prints is that when they write, when they come out of the printer, the colors aren't necessarily exactly settled yet. Right. You've got to, you've got to let they them change sit over for a time. Bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. The, the 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 using the old profile actually gave the black and whites a little bit of a magenta tint, um, and then the color it just my oranges were off. My oranges were off, and the and the there was a little bit more magenta in the shadows. But you know, here's a lesson: use the right profile. 
I printed the rest of the sample pack, uh, which I, I also posted the, a shot of that on on Instagram, and they look gorgeous. The, yeah. the colors are great. The blacks are very deep. Uh, there's 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 a terrific, not quite glossy, not quite luster, not quite matte quality to the finish that I that so I. So you're really telling like. me you're it's, sold on the new paper? I am sold on the new paper. The the finish <laughs> is still a little different than the previous version. I do still prefer. The yeah. previous version. I like the tooth of the back. I like this one's you know, a little more uh, modern paper than the old. Yeah, one. it's yeah. a little different. It's 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 the difference of uh, you you know <laughs> using Oriental Seagull versus using Ilford RC Multigrade or something. You know, gotcha. I mean, they're yeah, still yeah, yeah. good papers. They're just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then he Drew said he was going to Photokina in Germany, and they're they're talking to mills and manufacturers to to uh maybe spec out some new papers that get back to that that more cottony feel fibrous feel of the previous version it it is uh, always surprising to me that these paper companies most of them do not actually make their own paper right you know that that they are sourcing from some other larger more lower level paper manufacturer and then just getting the giant rolls and cutting them That, that that that's uh, certainly Red River has it they, they do it to their spec right oh no, no no i understand that i just mean that the that that you know if you buy epson paper or canon paper or those ones especially you know it's not like epson has a has a paper company or paper company that they uh own right. you know they're right. they're finding somebody else who makes paper and 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 getting the paper from them so the prices on a lot of this stuff it's sort of one of those you you may be paying the same price for very or very different prices for very similar papers from two sure, many, sure. from two different and sales they make companies. they may make some of their own lines you yep. know maybe maybe Hanamule makes museum etching but yep. they don't make you know yeah whatever you know maybe Moab makes one thing but they don't make another yeah. who knows I, I mean look there, there are there differences between once you get to the style of paper you like whether it's glossy or semi-gloss or matte of some kind right sort of three mm-hmm. big families once you get within any one of those assuming that your colors are good because you have good profiles or or what have you sure i don't think any normal person would look at a print on a wall or pulled out and would say Oh, this paper is so obviously better than that paper. Most papers at a certain level are are very good. I've noticed sure. the the biggest distinctions are between uh, the the crazy fine art hand pressed kind of stuff. You know the the the, the ones that have uh, 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 watermarks on them and that kind of sure. stuff. You know, watermark, deckled edge, exactly. And then that, you get into kind of is it is it a manufactured deckle or is it really hand deckled? Yeah, and is exactly. It, is it deckled on all four sides? Hey, this or is, is a family show, sides? Jeffrey. Yeah. Put away your deckle, mister. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I guess my point is I agree with you that uh, it is fun to think about this stuff, but I don't think anybody's going to buy or not buy your prints based upon the paper they're on. Right. Have we talked about we, – maybe we did. We probably did. did we, have we talked about signing prints? Uh, we did. I think somebody asked about it once, and we kind of skimmed the subject during a Q&A. How, can, we, can we bump sure. on that for a second? What, what, what are you I'm, thinking? Well, I'm – at a certain level, a level being the level of the photographer or the level uh, I, of thought. Uh, at a well, I think the level of of the photographer. At a, at a certain point, yeah, I think it 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 can become valuable and important to sign one's work. Yes. Um. But I'm wondering at at what point does the signature 
of the artist matter? I mean, Avedon famously did this, the, the, uh, an offset run of a poster of Nastasia Kinski and the Serpent. It sold, you know, millions of copies. He made like $6 million from this thing or something. Which is crazy I mean, was, to me. It's I like that many... picture, but I don't know why anybody would want it on their wall. <laughs> right. And so not only was it, was it not signed, it, it had like the title on it. And then, you know, Nastasia Kinski and the Serpent by <laughs> photographed by Richard Avedon. Sure. I find that kind of, you know, name block, credit block thing kind of annoying. Um, well, that, that's very, I mean, a lot of Ansel Adams posters where you get in college absolutely. and that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at what point does, does the signature matter? Well, I think, it, I think when it gets down to actual fine art prints, people expect them to be signed, but that's probably just by convention from the old days of painting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, look, people weren't signing their paintings in the year 1100 were they i mean it was certain it was there's a certain period at which things started getting signed probably around the renaissance maybe i don't know art so is history it, is people it more of a convention i mean i sign all my stuff on the back so uh, yeah i usually sign got it on the back if you've got it matted and framed you won't see the signature you're not gonna see no right uh, even my paintings i sign them on the back i don't I, the, sign my paintings i guess on the, the only thing about the signature that you could claim Mm-hmm. is is the idea that if you made a print and it it was or was not up to snuff for you and you said, all right, this is a good representation of what I was trying to do. I'm going to sign this as proof that I approved this image mm-hmm. being printed mm-hmm. this way. And, and, and this is, uh, you know, I, I approve that this image exists and that it looks the way I want it to look so that when right. somebody sees it, they can go, oh, that's what Jeffrey had in mind. Um, Fair Where enough. it, it kind of reminds me of remember the in the genius of photography, which man, we always go back to that because it's really good. If it anybody very good. listening to this Let's show hasn't watched that. the genius uh, of photography, yeah, BBC. Uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's up it. on yeah, it's up on YouTube and stuff. I'll I'll find a link. Um, uh, here here's here's uh, episode one on on. Uh, you got it. I got uh, it. I think it's okay. I'll put up. It's a, just youtube.com it slash genius uh, user slash genius of photography. All right, but, uh, put a link in the thing. Um, I, 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 that they're talking to Alex Soth. Yep. And they're showing him, and he had a bunch of different uh, prints of that woman. Uh, as I recall, it's sort of desaturated close-up portrait with her with like a blue bandana or scarf on her head. You know, she's he's looking at these prints, and they made it in multiple sizes. And one of them was definitely not the size he wanted or, or, you know, he's just actually, they put it up and I think he goes, Oh no, 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 that's too big. Like it just, it didn't fit the photograph. Right. And they pick it up and they roll it up and a guy takes a razor blade and goes like right down, you know, one of the, one of the edges of the tube, just cutting and cutting it in, in, in pieces. Um, but I think that that in those situations, is it that one? Yes. That's the picture. Yeah. Okay. Um, Right. And, and, and I think that I think that in, in those situations, the print makes or signing the prints makes sense in the sense that this is an official. And then, I mean, you get in all the uh, what's it called that you always like to talk about the additioning. Right. Which mm-hmm. is a whole other ball of wax that is, you know, created by the art industry to, I don't know, make more money or, or what have you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. Uh, uh the print, the whole print thing is a strange thing. It me. is strange. And, and I, you know, one of the reasons I'm asking about it is I'm going to be putting up some prints for sale. And I've wrestled with, with 
Sometimes. How many thousands of dollars are you going to charge for them? Right, no. Uh, I've wrestled with, with fulfilling them myself or having them fulfilled by, printed and fulfilled by someone else. Okay, I know, um, I know you as well as most people in this world. And yeah. I will tell you that you will never be happy having them fulfilled by somebody else. I, that's what I've come down on because I, I want I to look at- I could have told you that at Jump Street. Yeah, I want to look at each one coming off the line and go, yeah, I think that's the way I want it to look. Yeah, yeah. So in that respect, I, I think I've never thought about the I, uh, the signature in those terms that you've that you've just mentioned about basically this is this is this is the artist signing off on it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, this and, is the I approve this message sort of moniker. Yeah, right? and I mean a number of photographers that I know will sell unsigned prints cheaper than signed prints, which I think is kind of weird. It's like if you're going to sell a print, just sign it. In my opinion, I'm going to sign everything. They will be open editions, so they're not limited in any way. Yeah. What I what I haven't worked out yet. I'm, I'm putting up 24 images to start, and okay. basically a roll, right? So every time I come up with 24 new images that I think are worth printing, I'll add a new roll. Okay. And I haven't decided whether I'll take down the first roll or leave the first roll up or make some combination or you know I, I haven't decided what i'm going to do yet but i like the idea of i like the idea of taking down the old ones when you put up the new ones i do too and so it's not limiting the number of of prints it's these are available right now when a new roll comes up which you don't know that roll comes down now those those prints from roll one may show up somewhere else as you know hey there's a flash sale on these five prints sure, get them sure. for the next 48 hours or whatever right. um so I think that's the side that I'm going to come down on. But man, it's it's a it's a weird thing, and everybody does it differently. Well, and selling prints is hard. No one gets rich selling prints. No, and I'm not looking at it to get rich. Right. I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just saying. That I'm I'm, let me tell you something. Just, no one gets rich selling prints. Yeah, I just want to get them out there. I want yeah, to get yeah, them out yeah. there. Uh, I've done some terrific print swaps with people, which I love. Sure, that um, I'm good with. Yeah, I love doing print swaps. You know, uh, we're, we're 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 looking at maybe doing another one. A um, couple of the guys from the group and I are talking about it. Uh, there are a couple of photographers in, in, uh, uh, th- that I follow that I've reached out to and said, hey, would you be interested? Because in? I don't care about the value of it. I, I, I want to surround myself with work sure. that I like. Yeah. That's what I'm digging. Sure. I, so, I'll, uh, I, put up, I took a picture, I don't know, a few months ago of this escalator in an empty store through a window. I think I put it up on Instagram. Um, Sounds familiar. I think you did. Yeah, it's like very empty, very gray. And this escalator, it's like a profile shot of this escalator coming down. And um, I made a, I don't know, a, a, a 10 by 10 print for the, for the, for, there's a couple of frames in our bathroom that every once in a while, they were, the pictures that were in there were very old. And I said, ah, I got to swap, you know, I need, we need to refresh this. So I printed one of my, that was square with my phone. And my God. A little, like a sm- relatively small, well, small, 10 by 10 print is like a medium-sized print, I guess. Looked great. Straight out yeah. of my phone. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Yeah. With the lights overhead. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing how if if, if you, if you, you know what I've realized with the phone is the, the thing that I always need to do is actually clean the lens before I really want to take a picture. Does yours get gross? Like where? Yeah. Like, it, I, it tend gets, to, I tend to wipe it off before I shoot. It gets really flary to. kind of if, yeah. if it's yeah. dirty at all. Um, you know, the, the ceiling, not for nothing, the ceiling on this picture reminds me of uh, the mission control composite that you did. 
Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because the mission control <laughs> composite was completely. I just created that all in Photoshop. The ceiling. <laughs> it, look, it looks like that's got that same kind of yeah, like that, that, single point perspective vanishing yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's it's uh, it's it's yeah. It's just kind of funny how that stuff works, huh? And that that store is so it's so strange when you see empty stuff like what that. is it? Like just an old department store? What is I it? think it was an H and M or something. Yeah, it, and it was just I was just walking by on the way to Grand Central. It was on uh, yeah Forty Third Street and Fifth Avenue. I think it was. Hmm. Um, and I was just walking by and I, it was really early in the morning cause I was catching an early train and I was like, wow, that's really weird looking. You know, it's also interesting. If you look at that picture, if you, if you crop out the, the, the wall on the right, like if you kind of, even with your finger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it needs that wall to anchor. Yeah. To balance it out. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's very really right. strange how stuff like that's very strange to me. Uh, anyway, just kind of fun. Um, Anything else you want to say about prints or s- signatures or any of that stuff? No, if you've got some thoughts on it, uh, listeners, please please write us in. Write in. Write us in. Write in to us and and let us know what you think. Podcast it on takingpictures.com. because you know, I, I, like I said, I, I love getting prints. I love I love finding work that I'm interested in and and you know I think about like the flash sales that they do on on Instagram of of Magnum where you can get a signed like seven by seven inch print for. I got one for my wedding bucks. from a listener. Yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm wondering is it is it the work or the you know it's something I I just is it the work or the signature work signature works I don't know. Well, so if okay, you've got some no, thoughts on there, it, right okay. Is there nothing to let's say you bought? We'll use Alex Soth because we were just talking about him. If you bought a, an Alex Soth print, you know if he signed it that that print was at least once in his hands. Yeah, there is that. They're definitely, I mean, it's just, it's, as opposed to know, just some mass produced thing and, you know, absolutely some, some place out in Indiana, you know, or whatever. What, what I hear. Okay. Here's an example in my own collection. I've got a Rauschenberg print of Rebus, which is probably my favorite piece of his. It's not signed. It's an offset print. Uh, it's, you know, matted and framed, but I love that piece of work. That the, the piece of work itself inspires me, and I don't know that I would get any more inspiration out of it or I would feel any differently about it if it were signed by him. I would imagine that I would, but I guess it depends on is it a signed offset or is it a signed – I don't know. You know, like I've, I've got a bunch of Shepard Fairey work that is uh, signed and numbered screen prints. So is it different that, that there's actual hand – done like the art is hand done rather than being just spit out on an offset printer is and then sign i, I don't know it's, i it's think that strange, there's something to that i think there is too that, have, that, we, have that, we been to see rebus you got to come up here one day and you and i got to do some museum stuff and go see some of this that stuff. would be awesome yeah no i've never seen it in person oh and well then we gotta go to probably I've, yeah i've never seen it in person okay uh, yeah, I, whenever I look at uh, just a quick aside, whenever I look at stuff like the uh, like Rebus that you're talking about, I was I was at MoMA last week with a friend of mine who works in the photo department, and uh, we were just walking around and we went through a Bruce Connor uh, show, which is okay. a lot of photography and 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 footage and sculpture and found stuff. is It was very odd and kind of all over the place. Uh, but one of the things about it was that it was everything was t- turning very brown because it was a lot of natural fibers and whatever stuff that just decays over time. And a lot of it was made in the 50s and whatnot. Whenever I look at the Rauschenberg stuff, I wonder what it looked like when he was first done with it versus now that the right. papers and all the things are yellowed so much. Right. Well, yeah, because he none of his stuff is is, you know, 
archival in that sense. It was right. he was using what he could find, what he right. could afford, what he could get. So if you took one of the pictures of say Rebus into Photoshop, put a curves layer on, use the gray point to make what you think would probably be white white, is that how he saw it? Or right. close to how he saw it. You know, it's just it's just a very just a very different thing. Um and how those things decay over time and how you deal with them and and when you're doing restorations, do you try to or or do you do you do what you can to try to keep it from decaying anymore or is the decay part of the art you know it gets back to the who's the guy who did the crazy cardboard things that we watched the movie about oh uh uh yeah the, the cardboard uh uh not bellini uh bernini oh, bernini yeah bellini that's a drink huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Cardboard <laughs> Bellini. <laughs> Title. Oh. Uh, it's brunch. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that guy, you know, where the decay was part of the art. It's, it's, it's right. interesting. Uh, all right, anyway, done. enough with that stuff. Enough what, with that stuff. What else, what else you got? You want to... Uh, you you want to sponsor? Or you want to go to the other thing, the direction thing. Let's do the direction thing, and then we'll do the sponsor. All right. So I'm thinking about in in the never okay. a good idea. No, no. <laughs> All right. So so listeners, um, I roll in three, two, one. I was thinking about cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so it occurred to me that uh-huh. one of the one of the things that I that I have been looking for in cameras is love. that one is love right <laughs> no that one that one end all be all do all tool that yeah. just doesn't exist uh and i'm looking for you know i've been looking at well this one doesn't do this or it does do that and what if i do want to do this at some point and what if i do want to think about maybe sometime possibly doing and you can't do that no nope. you can't do that and i'm i'm wondering as I, as I think through my work, the work that I do now, I think that the, the tool should fit the current job, not the job that you may or may not do in the future. Yep. So, you know, right now I have a need for a small brad nailer and a, uh, a pancake compressor that I can use to make the frames for my work. All right. Right tool for the right job. Got it. So there's, there's no sense in me buying you know, uh, a, a, a 10 penny nailer with, uh, you know, a, a, a giant Ingersoll Rand compressor because I might want to build a house or a room addition someday. Right. But that's the way I've been looking at cameras is, well, I might want to do this sometime in the future. So I should get the one that maybe could do that. Although by the time I'm ready to do that, there will be something else out that probably does it better or less expensive true or the if yeah you want to do video well then later when you want to do video you buy a cheap little video camera that's going to do video better than the thing right. that you're trying to so, so you end up having multiple kits i would imagine and yeah. and one of the reasons one of the things that led me here i owe i owe a, a, a thank you to our listeners uh particularly those who have have put <laughs> up in to ask you to stop talking about buying a new camera. <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta be Go a bitch like that? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, the, the the it's one of the reasons I asked about 
about the kit. Uh, and if you haven't participated yet, uh, go into the Google Plus group and and show us your kits. That's what yeah. that's what the, the 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 call to action was. I wanted to see what people were shooting with. Yeah. Uh, and what I found was much like the diversity of the photographs that our listeners put up, the the kit that they are using to create those photographs varies just as much. We've seen uh, point and shoots. We've seen film cameras. We've seen medium format. We've seen uh, mirrorless. We've seen micro four thirds. We've seen DSLR. Uh, what I what I have been surprised at are the number of people that have both digital and film cameras in their kits, which I think yep. is wildly inspiring. I love that. I love, love, love seeing that. Um, so y- thank you guys for participating. And if you haven't participated and you'd like to, throw them up there. You don't have to put it on a floor or a table. Just doesn't have to look like a still life. Just throw it up. I'd love to see what you use. Um, I noticed that Patrick so, hasn't done it yet. I don't think he has a lens wide enough. Right. <laughs> he's got he's to rent a warehouse to, <laughs> to put everything out. Uh, <laughs> it's, suddenly, it's suddenly a Vic Muniz sculpture. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm looking at w- what it is that I need, and and there are a couple of interesting things that have bubbled to life. And and you and I talked about this the other day. One of my real world needs is to be able to photograph my artwork to sell as prints to okay. offer prints. Yep. When I when I photograph with a 16 megapixel camera with my Fuji, uh, because of the aspect ratio of the paintings relative to the aspect ratio of the camera i'm cropping in and i'm ending up with you know eight nine ten megapixel file right so i thought well okay what's the need around that well i need more megapixels so what do i do about that well i either go up to a full frame camera or one of the the sony what is it the or the RX, Sony. Yeah. RXR. What's that one that shoots uh, like 42 R7R, megapixels? Uh, A7R. Which one, which one? No, it's the R, RX1. Oh, oh, the, oh the, the, the RX10? Something the, like super that. Super zoom? It's, it, no, it's it's an interchangeable lens camera, but it's, oh, okay. it's 42 megapixels. Oh, the uh, A7R2. Okay, whatever. Uh, so I go something like that. Or... Yep. Uh, Olympus, the, the, I think the EM one and the EM five, two, both do this, this high res thing where they do, they they do eight shots. Yeah. Yeah. They do eight shots and make like a 50 megapixel composite. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Especially considering Um, the only time you really need resolution is when your camera is going to be on a tripod. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, it just, and they're small, cute little cameras. They're small, great little cameras. A lot of people use them. I think mm-hmm. Millie's using an EM5. Nick is using uh, Nicholas Govis uh, using an EM10. Uh, some other people use you know, So, So I'm thinking in terms of, of real-world need versus what I may or may not do in the future. And, and that has helped tremendously. Um, and it's also really solidified the types of things that I like to shoot. I love shooting street. You know, I, I thought it'd be fun to do portraiture or conceptual portraits but that's not really where i find joy i find joy being outside partially because i spend 90 percent of my time indoors in front of a computer so what i don't want to do is spend the time that i'm using my camera which i really do enjoy i don't want to spend that inside as well i'd rather be outside enjoying myself okay uh, seeing what it is that i see so just food for thought uh take a look at what you're shooting and why you're shooting it and and you know it, can, it has can, helped 
Can I give yeah, you my, uh, my spin on the same question? Yeah, please, please. So please. lately, I've been, I've been, uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> in lust for the six four five Z, right? The Pentax, right? Oh, it's a t- terrific camera oh, by God, all accounts. Kills me. Um, yeah. and and they're 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 like I'm kind of working on a possible gig coming up that may give me enough money to buy one. Mm-hmm. Good and and. And I've been I don't at think it. you would look back from it. I really don't. No, but he, so so here's so here's my problem. Number one, uh, apparently Pentax support in America goes to this place called Precision Camera in Enfield, Connecticut, and some people say that it takes eight to ten weeks to get your camera back if it breaks. Okay. Well, I can't be without a camera for eight to ten weeks, which means I need a backup camera. Well, or register it with a friend of yours in the UK and, you know, ship it to the UK or pay a little more upfront shipping or Japan or whatever. Yeah. And apparently the, well, here's the other thing. The warranties are nation specific. So if you buy a U.S. camera, okay. If you buy a Japanese one, you can't get U.S. repairs. Right. So Mm -hmm, there's that. mm -hmm. There is a gold and platinum thing where if you pay an additional $899, Per you, year or for the life of the camera? For three years. Okay. You get expedited replacements and a loaner while your camera's getting fixed. So 30 bucks a month. Roughly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Buck a day. The problem with that is that then you have to buy a new camera, not a used camera, which would save me $2,000 right there. Right. Hmm. So it's $2,000 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. more buying a new camera plus another another thousand bucks for this crazy warranty. Do they do uh, uh, factory refurbished that would qualify? Uh, not that I know of. So there, there, so all of that is like this interesting little nest of things. And I think, okay, if I'm going to, ha- if I'm going to go on a shoot and there's a chance that my camera won't work for some reason, I got to bring something else. So do I sell my five D three and a lot of a number of my lenses that I don't necessarily need? Like I have a 51 too. It's like the 51 four is fine for, 99% of the stuff that I do, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. do I, do I sell some of that stuff and go and buy a little tiny, even crop sensor, 18 or 20 megapixel rebel for four or $500, which puts out a great raw file, which would be fine as a backup. God forbid my main camera dies and I have to finish this portrait shoot. Mm-hmm. A little camera like that would be fine. I wouldn't want to shoot with it all the time. You know what I mean? I'm sure it has limitations, but it's more than enough to save my butt as a backup that doesn't weigh a lot and is small, right? You know, so it's like I'm uh, thinking yeah. about all this kind I mean, of or stuff. Or you could you could rent if something goes wrong. You 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 rent. Yeah, one. but You're if in I'm New York I'm, City, no, no, no. It's not just. Uh, I mean, like if I have to, for example, on Thursday I got to go to Philly for a shoot. If I'm down oh, okay, there, so if you're in the field guy. somewhere, sure. Yeah, okay. right. I misunderstood. So, but I don't I don't want a whole other six four five Z. But like just some little tiny thing with a forty meg, uh, forty millimeter pancake on a crop sensor would give me a sixty sixty five millimeter lens, which would be a nice thing to take portraits with. It'd be fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that would fit tiny in the corner of my Pelican case, you know, that kind of thing. So sure. I, I am similarly having these crazy thoughts like you are just on a different, in a different direction, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, sure. And it all does come down to what you need and what you need it for and what you're trying to do. Uh, and you know, like the, the six, four, five Z it does video, but no one's, everyone says the video is terrible. Well, you know what? I don't shoot video that much. And if I do, I can get another camera or I have friends with black magics and all kinds of fancy stuff. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah, it really, it, it really does help though. Doesn't it? I mean, when you, when you think yeah. about 
the just, real world need versus pie in the sky wants or desires, it, it helps to make the decisions. Okay, well, let, let me take it one step further. Yeah. Doesn't that apply to life? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how yeah. many things that we all go for are pie in the sky desires for on the off chance that we need something 10 years down the line? I'm going to make sure. decisions now because I may want this thing 10 or 20 years from now, even though I don't want it now. And I, you know, will possibly compromise what is better for me today to get the possibility of something I may want tomorrow. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's, it, it's, but it's harder to make the, it's harder to make the megapixel, megapixel list of life, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> is your life full frame or cropped? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. it, but that's exactly it, right? Uh, and I just, it's just, uh, it's the kind of thing that I, that I, I, I've been thinking about trying to make that list lately and I've written down on pieces of paper sort of, you know, my, my desires or, or goals in my career, goals in my work and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I've, there's pages in my notebook that have headings on them of like, what is it that I like doing? What is it that I don't like doing? You know, like all these sort of very old school pros and con kind of lists. Right. Right. And, and you know what? Those pages in my notebook scare the crap out of me. They're you know they're my... empty and they scare the crap out of me because I have no idea what to say. Think about this. I, I was, this is, wow, this is kind of not really strange, but sort of strange. Anyway, I listened to a, one of the podcasts I listened to is the accidental creative. And I don't listen to it all the time. I listen to it occasionally. Yep. I hadn't listened in a while, booted up an episode, and they were talking about very similar to what we're talking about right now is is finding that that thing or those things that that you should, could, would like to do. Yeah. And one of the examples they used was was uh Plot, plot an X and a Y axis, okay? Okay. And on the Y axis, so up and down, uh, at the top is meaningful. <laughs> at the bottom is not meaningful. Okay. On the X axis, left side is not contributory. On the right side is contributory. Contributory to say, towards, towards what? Well, that, that's what you need to figure out. Okay. Could be towards your family, toward the oh, greater okay. good. Got it. Okay. Uh and he was saying that, that, you know, ideally, you know, everything wants to be or, or the majority of the things that you do, you want to be in the top right corner. So sure. they are both contributory and meaningful. I kind of thought about that and, and went another step further and, and added a Z axis of oh fulfilling and not fulfilling. 3D plot. Right. Which I did. No, I swear. <laughs> and, it, and it looks like a color chart from a... Yeah. I've got a, I've got a cloud, right? Um. So I thought about it in in terms of adding that that fulfilling not fulfilling because it, on on some level if if what you're doing is is meaningful either to yourself or to your audience or or uh, 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 the industry that you happen to be in and and it is contributory but you don't get any personal fulfillment out of it eh, maybe not okay. the right thing to do but isn't in some ways isn't meaningful times contributory end up being fulfilling. I don't know because I think there can be. I don't think so. I because think I think if, there can if, be if different it levels can be of meaning. Meaningful and contributory, and you don't find it fulfilling. Yes. See, I, I, do I would, believe that. I would say that those two are sort of tick those boxes. Would tick those mm -hmm. boxes for me as far as I can think through it. Well, I haven't finished my plot. 
Okay. But it has. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, wait, wait, hold on a second. I'm so surprised. I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, there, right, right now there's a there's a collective, huh, yeah. happening as it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it is interesting to think about. It is it is insightful yeah. to think about in terms of of I'm trying to be more strategic about what it is that I do moving forward and create sort of clusters of creativity or, or uh, um, tasks or projects that are analogous to one another. So I don't end up ping ponging from one end of the creative spectrum to the next. Do you think that, okay, you tend to think about this stuff as a low level Damon running all the time. Yes. Do you think that that is the way to go or it's a work, 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 take a break, turn around, look at what you've done. You know, is, is it better to course correct occasionally or to constantly be course correcting? Cause my, I'm my, hoping it's a hybrid of both. Cause I worry sometimes that, that constantly course correcting will lead you just to go around in circles in the woods. I'm, I'm hoping that it's a hybrid of both. And I, what I have realized about myself in the last probably mm, couple of months is that I do much better with definable projects than I do ongoing tasks or ongoing um, actions. Good book. Yeah, that have that have no definable beginning or end. <laughs> right. Yeah, like life. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, there's a definable beginning and end, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I tend to, I tend to do better when I can, when I can think of at, at least, at least, creative output in terms of projects, in terms of this is where it begins, this is where it ends. If there wants to be a volume two or a sequel or et cetera, et cetera, that's fine. But the one thing begins and the other thing, and and then the one thing ends. And then you, you, you look at that and go, okay, what does this mean? Where can I go from here? Yeah. Um, I think that works better for me. And it's, it's, it's partially how I've been thinking about PD and I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm solidified on, on what it means, but what I, one of the things I do think it means is I'm looking for a different way to distribute, to, to produce and distribute PD. Okay. Then, then the way it's being thought about now, because the way I've been thinking about it is 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 frustrating on some level, um, and I'm looking for a new way in, and I, I think I'm close to figuring something out, but I'm I'm not I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Okay. But I th- I do think it it's it is it is holding true to that sort of project based uh, ideology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I I guess that's the. You you always have the uh, ability, the freedom to record five episodes and do seasons. If if that's a better way for you to think about and 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 well, you know what? While we're talking about it, what the hell? That's exactly how I'm looking at it. All right, is, see, that's how I figured you were going. Going going with this like where I'm at right now. It's a twelve episode arc, and then a a a, a bonus episode, for lack of a better word to be subject matter to be determined. But I, I, I've realized that I love 
binge consuming. Okay. I do that with the podcasts that I listen to. I don't listen to podcasts weekly. I go through blocks where I'll, I'll download five episodes or six episodes or three episodes or however many of a particular show and I'll listen to them all back to back. Sure. And then I'll move on to my next show and listen to them back to back. Um, so I think there's some packaging around that that's going to be different. Um, and maybe maybe those arcs will be thematic. Maybe they'll be uh, in the types of people that I'm talking to. And then I can do, as I, as I get these seasons, I can then mix and match and do, you know, sort of special editions of a couple from each season into one you know, other, other sort yeah. of package. It's, it's um, interesting though. You, you like consuming that way and I'm sure other people do too. The, um, there's a show that, that Syracuse and Merlin do called reconcilable differences. Yep. I've listened to it uh, sure. where in their first 10 episodes or whatever, they said, Oh, this is going to be season one of the show. And when it got to episode 10, they took a break for a couple weeks mm-hmm. and it, 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 it actually made me not forget about the show, but I was disappointed that there wasn't another one coming next week. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is that no matter what you do, you're going to piss somebody off, right? You know? Yeah, you whether, are. Whether it's you and, or somebody else or, you know. Well, I think one of the things that I'm noodling on is is what to do in the interim. And I think I've got an idea for another show that will be related. Again, part of that same creative cluster that I alluded to a minute ago but speaks to a speaks differently to the same audience. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, in a different language. Uh, yes. I will be speaking in tongues Esperanto. for 40 minutes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever know anybody who, who did the, it was like, what, 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 what religion, what Christian thing is it where they speak in tongues? You know, when people well, start, start that mumbling a, in that tongues. A, a Catholic thing. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Uh, is it not? Or does that I, mean you're you're possessed? <laughs> yeah, I think that means you're possessed. I I knew uh, this guy I used to know was uh, in a religion. I know where a lot of actually... televangelists do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a strange thing. Uh, apparently, it's a revival church thing. Apostolic huh. faith. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Speaking in tongues. I'll tell you, I would like to go to one of those big sort of tent revivals just to experience it. I think that was probably more when you were a young kid. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they still exist, especially in the South and stuff. You're almost sure. in the South. Just drive South for like an hour. <laughs> you'll, you'll I might find not make tents. it back. <laughs> <laughs> Anything below Alexandria? Um, right. <clears throat> yeah, it's good stuff. Hey, uh, let's talk about our sponsor today. Uh, our sponsor today is... Uh, Triangle Land. Uh, right. What do we got? Uh, you know who we're sponsored by? You know who should sponsor this show? Who? I don't know. I was asking. Oh. <laughs> I think Squarespace should sponsor this show today. We're talking about Squarespace. So if you uh, want to set your website apart, what do you do, Bill? What do you, you do? Here, here's the thing. I've got a website, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see Actually, you, I don't I have a website. website. I don't have one. Oh, That's oh the thing. you need one. I need one. Okay. But I really want to set it apart. And, and, and you don't want to have to fiddle with CSS and designs in HTML. Not if I can help it. Right. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. I, I want to create a beautiful website, Bill. Yeah. What I don't want to do is provide a credit card. L- right l- off the bat. I don't want to do that. 
Well, I think, we, I think you know, how do you feel about making sure that your site looks good on phones? Do you care about that? I like that. Okay. I like that. And, and do you want it to be easy to use or do you like things to be difficult in life? Wait, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> this episode of On Taking Pictures is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. Jeff- Jeffrey, if you have a passion you obsess over, if it keeps you up at night, if you live for it, you should show it off. I would have to have 427 websites <laughs> for all the things that keep me up at night. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace websites help you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Uh, they have uh, Their sites are professionally designed and look so regardless of your skill level. You don't have to do any coding or whatever, but you can get in there and go under the hood if, if, you're, if you're one of those nerdy people. Uh, it, they're intuitive and easy to use tools. So you need to add a blog post. You click the little plus button and you add a blog post. It's easy as easy as pie. Uh, and you get a free domain name if you pie. sign up for Come a year. On. Oh, I made a good pie last year. Actually, I had some extra apples. Uh, get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So if you don't have, you know, Jeffrey Sidoris tennis balls dot com. Uh, Didn't you somebody can- register tennisballwalker.com? <laughs> If they did, they should just forward it to jeffreysedoris.com. <laughs> um, you get a free domain name for a year when you sign up for a year. So, like, you know, it saves you 15, 20 bucks right there. Uh, sign so, up and use the hot template. H-A-U-T. That's a nice one. Hot. H-A-U-T. Is that a new one? H-A-U-T-E. Hot. Hot. Is that, is, that, uh, is that a new no, one? No, like hot. Like hot couture. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it hot? Hot. couture. I don't know. It's French. What do I know? Uh, start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Go to squarespace.com slash OTP. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, you make sure you use the offer code OTP and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and you will show your support for this lovely on taking pictures. Uh, we thank, uh, we thank Squarespace for their support of five by five and on taking pictures. What were you going to say? I want to see this hot thing. It's good. Hot. I'm looking at passage to luxury. What is is passage to luxury? It's a, it's a, uh, you know, a client customer that is using uh, this this hot template. I want to see this hot template. Where is it? Uh, is That's it down nice. the bottom? Yeah. Where is? It? Huh. Well, they seem yeah. like they added a few new ones. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's nice looking. <sighs> Man, I don't even know anymore. All right. One of so, them's called Juke. Uh, what? One of them's called Juke. Juke? Yeah, one of one of the new is it, things is called Is Juke. it boxy? <laughs> uh, what is the old uh, what is that uh ad from um Oh god, it's in uh the movie with where he says Volvos, they're boxy but they're good. Oh, uh 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 it was with Dudley Moore, uh, ah, Truth and Advertising. Moore. There you go. Yeah. Was there a good movie? It was a terrific movie. It's funny. I, I have no recollection of whether or not it was actually good. I just uh, I just remember that line and thinking, you know yeah, what, they I should like make Moore. that ad. Yeah, Dudley like Moore Dudley was great. Moore. Play like the Dickens. Smart guy. Uh, all right, where do you want to start? You want to do these in order? Sure. We got some news stuff here. That's funny. Uh, you had you had man golden in the notes. <laughs> did I have it? I was typing while in bed last night, <laughs> thinking about apparently man golden, whoever he right. is. Right. <laughs> There's an article. This man's... Lesser known cousin. There's a, 
there is a an article in the New York Times from the uh, past few days. I guess it was from yesterday. Uh, called Nan Golden wants you to know that she didn't invent Instagram. Uh, so uh, Nan Golden, we've talked about a lot. We used her as a photographer of the week. Uh, cl- very famous for the Ballad of Sexual Dependency. Uh, I Which like I think stuff. they're currently showing at uh, the slideshow version at MoMA still is uh, it's pretty yeah through February twelfth so you can actually go see it in its original thing which was not prints on the wall but rather a slideshow set to music which uh, I sat in on and it was a pretty cool di- very different experience. What is the music <clears throat> that they used? Uh, you know what I saw it a month or two ago and I honestly don't remember what it was. I think it was mm. different stuff, like it was a eclectic kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. There's a quote in here that I kind of wanted to ask you about. It says, yep. She says, I think that there are always too many photographs in the world. The predominant culture photographs everything they do. She said, where's the line between life and photographing life? Well, I mean, I think that's up to everybody. Bordering on hypocritical because she photographed her life. These were the people that she spent her time with. These were the people that she was intimate with. Yeah, right. And now so she's saying is, you're taking. How too is many it okay for life. her? But is that implying that she was somehow more selective? Because one of the criticisms of her work is that it doesn't feel selective. It feels like, if if anything, it's random. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or or, uh, or I don't a very eclectic group of photographs. Yeah, I, I don't know that I agree with that. I I. I I do see her work as chosen moments, but I see that as as an observer, not as someone who knows her or sure really much about her at all. Yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of shitty to go you know do as I say, not as I do kind of attitude where you know now there's oh well, of course there are you know too many photos being taken, but out of those too many photos, there are some really wonderful photographs being taken and shared so are you supposed to put a moratorium on on expressing yourself or creating i I don't know i don't know how i feel about yeah i mean i think i do know how i feel about it i don't i don't agree with it i mean i i think you and i have discussed before the idea that you can get so lost in recording life that you're not living life absolutely there's a place in which that go to a concert right you You were complaining about it two weeks ago right yeah uh at the point that it, I think that's different though, because that's that's that is a point where it infringes or potentially infringes on someone else's enjoyment who paid, you know, to experience the experience, not the experience of you recording the experience. Okay, but 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 somebody who's sitting on the beach and watching the ocean, but instead of watching the ocean, is sitting there taking selfies for eight hours. I mean, they're. There That's is a not point what at I which would do, a, but who am I to say well, you shouldn't sh- do that? Sh- sure, but but isn't there a, a certain point where you kind of want to tap them on the shoulder and go, look at the beautiful ocean out in front of you instead of taking selfies for a minute? Uh, no, because I if I'm watching them taking selfies all day, then I'm just as guilty of not looking at the ocean as they are of not looking at the ocean and taking yeah, pictures. I guess so. I I I I don't. I mean, I I don't I don't think that people shouldn't be able to do it, but I think that they are missing something when they do do that. Sure. You know, when they when they're and I think that's true of people who I think taking too many pictures while traveling, which I had done in the past but have slowed down doing over the last decade or so. Um it's nice to have so, pictures when you get home, but it's also nice to have more memories of primary experiences, you know. Sure. I mean, yeah. look, being more purposeful in the photographs that you that you take is never a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. 
shooting with more intent, uh, really trying to, to... How do you measure intent? I don't know that you can. Right. So how do you know if you have more or less intent? I'm not sure I understand the question. Like well, related, you, relative you, to someone else? Or relative even to yourself. Like, how do you I know? I think you know when you're just snapping pictures. I think you know when you're just like walking around. Oh, look at that click. You know, you're, I, I think you know okay, when you're okay. not taking the time to compose or frame a shot or wait for a moment or... Yeah, I think you know. Yeah. But I mean, okay, well, but we watched that video of Daito Moriyama the other day where he's like just walking, snap, turn around, walk, snap. He doesn't seem like he has that much intent in what he's doing at each picture. Oh, I don't agree. I, I think he has a great deal of intent. He certainly is, isn't taking a lot of time on each one. No, but this is a guy who has spent decades walking those streets. I guess so. I guess my point is that, you know, a minute ago you said that time is, is some sort of element of intent. If you take your time composing something versus just taking a snapshot, for example. Yeah. Those are those are two different things where a lot but of maybe but but yes, but the time is is relative to experience and ability too. that's a factor. OK, all right. You know, maybe 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 with with Moriyama as uh, using that example, maybe maybe he sees so quickly what he is or is not trying to yeah. uh, communicate that it is it is less time consuming for him. He doesn't seem like he's spraying and praying and just walking around going. No, but no, he's certainly not spraying and praying, but I think that there is an element for him of, I don't want to look at this that closely while I'm taking the picture because that will change what it is that I'm looking at. I agree, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take a lot another of, form of intent. Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, I guess it it's is not but, a randomness to but me. In some ways his intention is to be less intentional. See what I'm saying? It's sort of a... Which is in itself intentional. Right, which is just a strange... It's So, yeah, so make the distinction between somebody doing that and then somebody not even doing the intentional step and just sort of not right. thinking about it too much. It's You get it, it's, it becomes metaphysical or philosophical. Right, at a right. It's, it's a black hole of intent. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's turtles all the way down, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just... I, I, I think that you're right. It is It is difficult... Uh, to to, it's difficult to tell what somebody should or should not do, but I, but I do think that she is onto something in the idea that maybe we're just maybe we're, we're I guess at the point at which you can no longer it's sort of the it's it's you know what it is it's the uh, the 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 YouTube thing where there are there is a you know 400 hours of video going up on youtube every minute or whatever the hell the, oh, okay. the stat okay. is now right you could yeah. you could quite literally never watch everything is that is on youtube because it's growing faster than you could ever possibly watch it right agreed so sure. at the point at which we're taking pictures faster or more than we ever have time to actually edit those pictures down to something that is more comprehensive and less scattershot scattershot as art is editing as we've said before sure a part of it absolutely then then maybe that's the point at which there are too many photos like if you have never if you never have time to turn around and look at what it is that you had made because you're always constantly making something forward making something new then maybe that's the point at which you're making too much new stuff or taking too many pictures on instagram in her example and maybe you need to slow down a little bit and and savor each bite more, as it were. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, 
that whole YouTube thing kind of freaks me out in the same way that deep holes in the ocean freak me out. You know, like Challenger Deep and Mariana Trench and that kind of stuff. Where it's like, that goes straight down for seven miles right there. The whole idea right, that there right. is more on YouTube than I can ever possibly watch and it's getting bigger by the second <laughs> exponentially, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like the it's like the weird uh, the weird hole thing that we talked about that time. You know, the, the, the weird the holes thing. that make me uncomfortable. Oh, right, 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 right. right Whatever right. that thing was. Whatever that, that... I don't want to think yeah, about it because it makes me don't, uncomfortable. Don't do it. It weirds him out. Just <laughs> look up weird holes in people. Anyway, do, do you have a, you have any other thoughts on the matter? No. That was interesting, though. Yeah. It's an interesting article, and then there's some people talking about it. Uh, okay, did you yeah, read, read this? the comments. Did you read this Alec Baldwin thing? Uh, y- yes. I, and, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the show. I It seems odd that it got all the way into his office. Hey, Alec Baldwin's a busy guy. He doesn't have time to look at every painting that he pays $190,000 for coming in and out of his office. It just seems weird that it, it got all the way to the point of being hung up and and beyond that, to have a photographer come in and photograph it before it was before he realized it was the wrong painting. Well, the or painting on did. his wall was for the New York Times, so that might actually be a, oh, let's take a picture of it so we can put it in the show or in the, in the article. All mm-hmm. right, so let's back up. Alec Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin uh, loved a, a painting by a painter named Ross Blechner. Yes. Which was at the Mary Boone Gallery, and he saw a uh, 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 this picture in an image catalog, and he actually had ripped it out or something and had it in his bag for years, apparently. Like he was in love with this painting, but somebody else had bought it before he could. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point a few years ago, he called Mary Boone up at Mary Boone Gallery, as somebody like Alec Baldwin can do, and said, who's the guy who bought that? I want to see if I can buy it off yeah. him. Here, here's the thing, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I have all this Capital One money, and I'd like to spend it on this painting. You want to know what's in my wallet? Enough for that painting. That's what's in my wallet. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> So, so she claims to contact the guy who bought it and says, good news, you can buy it for $190,000. And Alec Baldwin says, I have $190,000, gives her $190,000 and gets a painting <clears throat> that he thinks is the original painting called Sea and Mirror uh, from 1996 when the artist was at the height of his popularity, right? So, but, but here's where it gets sticky, right? It turns out the painting that Mary Boone sold him was not the original copy of Sea and Mirror. It was basically a new version of Sea and Mirror that Ross Blechner, the artist, had made for Alec Baldwin for this sale. So okay. he wasn't getting the painting he originally intended. He was getting basically a you know another version of the painting by the same the artist painter. knocking off himself. Yeah, to sell to Mr. Baldwin. Yeah, but basically, but I'm going to try to recreate that first one. Yeah, but here's the problem, and this is kind of where it gets shady, right? Mr. Baldwin, however, has emails uh, that buttress parts of his account. The Boone Gallery also stamped a number seven four four nine on the back of the painting it sold to Mr. Baldwin. The same number that it had listed next to the work it had said it was pursuing from the collector. So they stamped it. They stamped the reproduction or the new version. Right. With the with catalog the number, number of the old one. Of the old version. 
which is really crappy. That's kind of shitty, right? That's I fraud, mean, right? You would I mean, think. You would think. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but right. Well, they're they're certainly TV. trying to protect themselves, <laughs> right? Uh, and and so he realized he felt that it was uh, not as vibrant. The colors didn't have the quite same energy as as the new one. Well, um, it's 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 an obviously different painting, right? Now, the colors are different. The colors are different. the The painting itself is is a is a close replica, I guess, of of the original. But I think the original looks softer. It, there's a there's a softness, a quality of softness to it. It feels yeah. more ethereal, for lack of a better word. The other yeah. one, it's it, it, it and, looks, and and well, hmm. here's the interesting thing is that uh, that that apparently the lawyer, the attorney says he's wrong that the painting is a copy. It's an original and a very fine work of art by Ross Blechner, which yeah, but is it's not what he wanted. Exactly. It's not the one he wanted. And as, as he says further down, the problem is that he fell in love with here it says in an interview, Mr. Baldwin acknowledged that the work he has was created by Mr. Blechner and it looks quite similar to the painting he coveted. Uh, but he said that it's not the work he had fallen in love with, not a painting in his view, ready for this, Jeffrey, created when the artist was at the peak of his fame. That that I making my photographs right now is different than a photograph I will make in three years recreating a photograph that I would make now. Which I think is valid. Yeah, but it's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, you know, like he he had youthful energy in 1996 that he doesn't have 20 years later. Well, and I mean, therefore okay. the painting looks and feels different. If you went to see the Stones in you know 1978 and they played whatever I don't know, yeah. Satisfaction, Brown, Give Brown Me Shelter, Sugar. whatever, yeah. and you go see them now, yep. yeah, it's still the Stones and yeah, yeah, they're still playing it, yeah, but it's not the same. No, no, right. I just, it's, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think that he should get his money back and they should take the painting back. I think the whole thing is fraud, essentially. Um, at least the way it's laid out in this article. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly, I just love that idea that it's like, oh, well, it's not a copy. It's original piece of work by the same artist. It's like, well, no, but it's not the painting he wanted. Right. This is And you claimed yeah. that it was the painting you wanted and you said that that was the deal. And it's all this sort it of stuff where they say- It seems to have been represented oh, yeah. as the same painting. Jeffrey, we never told him that it was the same painting. He just asked us for the painting. We said we'd do the deal. It's like, well, then you missed something in the middle there. There's a step or two you missed. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's it shady seems kind of shady. I, yeah. It seems kind of shady. Yeah. Uh, anyway, interesting article. Go read it. Uh, it's fun to stew over. And if you have any thoughts, let us know. Um, it's, it's not slim on shadiness. No, it is. It is none of those <laughs> huh? things. Huh? Uh, there is a uh, really cool I can't article. Believe you just let that fly. Who is the real slim shady again? Oh, geez. There it is. All right. Uh, pretty cool article on CNET uh, about. They have they have one DX's Mark II's uh, in underwater house robotic housings in the pools that they right. can like slide along and take or, or or rotate and take pictures of of swimmers and they have some of the pictures in here that are really quite cool looking up from yeah they're neat the bottom of the pool I just like the idea of the the robotic underwater right. camera you know domo arigato that we're we're taking this we're taking this eight thousand dollar body and we're sticking it in underwater housing and and just I love shoving it. it underwater. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Do you see the you see the uh, the cool uh, belt on the focus or the zoom 
Yeah. And that first yeah. picture, that's so neat, where they, they actually have a motor hooked up to a belt, almost like a belt drive turntable. Right, 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 Kids, right. that's what we used to play records on back in the day. Um, <laughs> where, where it's ar- around a little tiny hub, which is the motor, and then all the way around the barrel, Assuming I'm assuming doing a... Uh, uh, kind of lens is that let me see it's uh oh it's a 16 to 35 uh, 2.8 yeah it's a good lens um it's kind of neat so they can remote control the phone with the water that's kind of neat i love it i want one of those i'll put a link in the show notes you can check it out if you're into such cool techie things uh and uh the bill cunningham archive is apparently valued at approximately one million dollars that seems low frankly that seems low, but I'm also surprised that it is 25% of his net worth. Bill Cunningham working for the New York Times was worth $4 million when well, he died. He, that's a pretty good... Well, he paid like he, nothing he, for his apartment, right? Yeah, and, he, and he'd been shooting forever. He'd been oh, shooting for all... Didn't they give him an apartment in the new building as part of the deal to get him out of Carnegie Hall? I don't know if they gave it to him, but I, I believe it was the same sort of rent controlled. Uh, I, th- I remember reading something about it where it was it was a significantly reduced yeah. rate. And hey, maybe maybe he inherited money when his parents died or something. You know what I mean? Like, who know, we don't know. But yeah, yeah but the one million does seem a little low considering the decades mm-hmm. of work that has. I don't want to say no equal, but no real contemporaries of of a, of a body of work like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And who, wait, who bought it, uh, does it say? Or, oh, it's just a dollar value. It doesn't say anybody dollar bought value. it. Dollar uh, value. It seems Cunningham left behind two wills, the most recent of which leaves his entire photo legacy to his niece, Patricia Simonson. Well, I, I hope that, <clears throat> that, that Ms. Simonson hooks up with somebody to, to do justice to that work. I, I hope they... they Start releasing books, or yeah. you know, mount shows, yep. and and make some of his fantastic work. Uh, Just don't available. sell it to Getty. No, don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Getty. Uh, ah, those shysters. <laughs> it, it is. It is interesting. I was actually talking to a friend of mine yesterday who used to do a lot of stock stuff, and. You know, the percentages that you get from any one of these stock agencies just have gone down over the years, right. you know. Did did you like, find any follow-up to that one story, by the way, on Getty uh, with the, the, the... Oh, the shady Hodford stuff? ...that was being charged I for... D- I did not. Although yeah. I would imagine with all the press, it probably got dropped. You know, they probably say, oh, well, this was just a misunderstanding, you know, or whatever. Right. Uh, right. We'll look into it. We'll get it's some... clerical oh, error. One last thing. Brooks Institute closes... After 70 years. Do you know what the Brooks Institute in, is? Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara? Yeah. Closed down the other day. No out way. of nowhere. Email goes out, don't show up today. Wait. You didn't know this? No. Oh, this happened the other day. Yeah. The VC star says, uh, let's see. I have uh, a few friends that went there. Here you go. Brooks Institute has been struggling with declining enrollment, falling from 2,563 in 2005, right? 2,500 people to right. 350 this year. Oh, my gosh. They've been looking to move to downtown Ventura to attract more students, but owner Christine Lynn apparently decided that shuttering the business entirely was the best decision instead of waiting to see if the turnaround would take place. Uh, My friend uh, uh, Randy Duchesne taught there for years. My my agent went there for school. Um, I went to high school with a guy who went there. Yeah. It founded in 1945. Maybe he was in uh, Mr. Duchesne's class. Previously, the Brooks Institute of Photography. Uh, four undergraduate majors, Bachelor of Arts in Professional Photography, Film wow. and Video Production, Graphic Design, and Visual Journalism. 
and two graduate programs. What a bummer. Yeah. And, and uh, I wonder if it's the, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's the proliferation of cheaper educational options, uh, less of a, a straightforward career path in photography money-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a billion sort of semi-pro people coming into the business, right? That make right, right. the business harder to do. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Wow. Big, yeah, de- death of a, of a classic. I had no idea. That's That's pretty wild. Wild, crazy stuff, and not in a good way. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, so, how are we doing on uh, on our uh, uh, last last week's uh, assignment? Let me pull that up. Last week's assignment. What are you talking about? You know, last week's oh assignment. that little group thing. Oh that thing. <laughs> wow, oh that look at little... Andrew Shields's picture of the of the bird over the guy's head. That's cool. Park Birdman. Wait, no. oh, I'm Birdman. No, it's an, that's, that's a different that's a different song. Uh, lots of lots of really good stuff. When lots you think Birdman, all I can think is the hawk from uh, Buck Rogers. Oh, who lived on the planet that looked like uh, Easter Island? Right, 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 right. <laughs> that was awesome. Caden, um, Caden Staley, is that is that is that how we pronounce that, Caden? Uh, with the sunflowers and the night sky. I love that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That makes you happy. Love that. Uh, Craig B. Stopped by the Grand Canyon National Park on my way to Phoenix today. Nice job. Big hole in the ground. Love that. Uh, Peter Geyser. Steamy sunrise at Burke Lake. That's beautiful. Beautiful tones in that. Uh, Rena. Parking meter. Love that. Where, where's Big Trees State Park that Rob Eaves is at? That's a... Uh, I don't know. I wonder where that is. Big, Big Trees State Park. Ken Robertson, nice. Um, Gardner, I love that shot with the uh, with the car. Little Thunderbird, is that a Thunderbird? What is that, a 63 Thunderbird? Is that what that is? Could be. It's a nice car. I had a oh. 61 Ford Galaxy in college. Oh, you know, what, you know where that is? That's a... Um, yeah... That's uh that's not far from uh, uh that's north of Yosemite Big Tree State Park. Okay. Uh, Johan Shrooms in the Forest. Beautiful. Beautiful light. Love the bouquet. Bouquet. Does it remind you of Shrooms in the Forest? <laughs> uh not <laughs> enough color. Anyway, um <laughs> Mo Morgan, little squirrel. Yeah, I like that that's blurry nuts. picture. That's nice. Uh yep. Dave Flynn, nice. Uh, oh, I've been through that park. Uh, WWQ. I, you know what? Who knows? But I love the 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 tricycles and stuff outside the the building. Yep, yep. Um, Kathy Zulek, Zolek, Zulek, Zolek. I'm gonna go with Zolek. Zulek. Either Zolek. way, Kathy. Zolek? Zolek. Love that muddy slide. That's cool. Yeah. Would you um, ever do one of those things? I think Bell would absolutely. Do one of those things. I would you, totally do that. You do That'd a so muddy fun. runner. What are they called? Well, he does. I think Bailward does the tough mutter. Tough mutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not probably not tough enough to do it, but yeah. I would go slide around in the mud. Why not? Seems uh, very difficult, but yeah. Todd Schick, man, I dig that photo with the chair and the and the 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 red kind of line. What is that? Is that a? Is oh, that a it's Canadian like a, a sign leaf? on the outside of the like thing. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, pe- yeah, yeah. Okay, Actually, pe- it probably is a Canadian leaf. Yeah. See, look at that. 
Uh, love that. That's a, I love the red and the turquoise. Um, Vijoy, v- did we decide? Is it Pandi? Panday? Write did in. He write know, in. Vijoy. Who wrote it? Somebody wrote, wrote in. in. Correct it. He was the one who wrote in. Okay, I missed yeah. that. Uh, love the light in that photograph. Boy, that's great. Great composition. What I really like is the balance of the. Uh, you've got the the light of the night sky on the left, kind of balanced out by the lighting around the building. And then you've got this beautiful little boat in the center. Terrific reflections. Well Pretty seen, DJ. Be joy. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots Be of joy. kids in parks too. Lots of kids in parks. Um, I like Brett's picture of the uh, the the scooter on the street. The toning the on it is terrific. Yeah, that's it, yeah, pretty. It's, uh, overcast day, you think? Overcast, maybe. Mm, hold on, let me pull that back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or late in the evening. Yeah. Late in the evening. Wow. Now I got uh, Paul Simon in my head. Uh, John Dubois. I like the contrast of the red in the in the outfit and in the tree against the blue of the uh, of the sky. <laughs> That's uh, uh, actual. Is that actual? Uh, yeah, it is. SX seventy old so school. So if you're if you're not a member of the of the OTP group, go join. It's free. Um, I, man, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I. I wish we could make it public sometimes because it just it's one less step that people have to go through. But everybody gets approved, so it's yeah, not like, it's everybody it's gets not approved. Like we're singling and, you out, and we do keep. I, I don't think we've had a situation where just random spammers post on there, but doesn't, it's doesn't nice. seem to be right. But that's because probably because you actually have to get approved, right? Where yeah. if it was just a public group, then it would have a billion people. Dennis um, Skyam, I love the composition of that rooftop shot with the spiral staircase between the brick. Fantastic. Didn't we discuss that one last week? I think so, but it's still there. And I'm looking at it, so I'm. You want to say it again. it again? I like it. I like <laughs> All it. Right, so I can are, like it more than once. So what are what are what are we doing for next week? What's your what's your uh, idea? so so uh, profile? Okay, profile is is the next one. Have fun with that. Could be literal. Could be figurative. Could be metaphorical or metaphysical. Man, you're so deep. You're like <laughs> you're like the uh, the challenger deep baby. The what? You're like the Mariana Trench. You're so deep. I'm going to have to go watch The Abyss again. I love The Abyss. You know there's no HD version of The Abyss yet? Really? Yeah. They've never made a they've never made a version. Well, yet. it was on DVD. So is that just 480p? Yeah, that's 720 by 480. Yikes. Yeah, exactly. It's a, and that seems like the kind of movie that would obviously benefit from a nice beautiful rip yeah. of the image you know what i mean like yeah let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go back and rescan it 4k um because he doesn't mess around i love you never gave up anything in your life now fight Psh, fight yeah figures <laughs> you like the one where he slaps the chick I oh see. come on that I is a gr- is. that is a great oh, scene i see it i see it and when he puts his hand down wow, the toilet dude. to get his ring out and his hands oh, it's all, all blue. blue yeah yeah <laughs> What a great movie that is. Ed Harris, one of my favorite actors yeah. of all time. Although Love I do him. think Michael Bain overacts a little bit in that movie with his with his little like porn stash. Oh, yeah, but he gets his comeuppance at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, he the does. Thing implodes. Implosion. A little crack starts to form and you see that whoa, whoa look on his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Count it Love, down, dude. Yeah. You've got about three seconds left. Dude, this was a one-way trip. Yeah. Love you, yeah. wife. Oh, so great. So I text good. I text that to Conrad all the time. <laughs> and does she respond? Who is this? I, I, I yeah I I do it I do it in caps too like all caps. Of course you do. 
Of course you do. Uh, so uh, I wanted to do something different for Photographer of the Week this week because right? uh, we had a good time uh, talking to Jeff, right? That was his name? At Jeff at the observatory at the in observatory. New Jersey. Yep, at Voorhees State Park. Thank you again, Jeff. So I thought it would be fun to uh, do a guy who does nighttime landscapes, uh, specifically this gold paint photography uh, website, which is really, really great. Brad Gold Paint. Yeah, this guy uh, is terrific. That second image with the the gnarly tree trunk and the and it's a it's a it's a what's it called? It's um ah the hell kind of actually funny enough, it's the same kind of it's a bristlecone pine. That's the same kind of tree that's in the black and white picture in my San Gabriel gloss review that I put in the show notes. Yeah, I love yeah. that. With the have you ever been up there? The like White Mountains, Sagittarius, center of the galaxy. No. Oh man! Next Beautiful. time you go back to California, you got to go. You got to oh, go up there. Up the one by, with the, by Bishop. Wow, that's good too. I know. So, so you know, it's it's. They almost don't look real. They 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 don't. I mean, my they look guess like is they that there's a fair CG. amount of post production because a lot of times you need some post to pull it out, or the multiple exposures, or light painted, or 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 you know, because um, it, well, it, it's definitely way. all this stuff out west where the sky needs to be just right. You know, I uh, absolutely love this work. So. Brad, it's beautiful fantastic. stuff. Fantastic. Yeah, it really. Uh, is. Did you uh, and you put in a link to the um, to the timescape stuff, which is basically a, a time lapse version of a lot of this kind of thing. Yeah, Tom Lowe uh, is a, is a terrific time lapse filmmaker, and I've actually got this DVD. Um, does a lot of astrophotography, but this this is a, a a very. I mean, it's nothing you probably haven't seen before because these things are kind of everywhere now, but. Tom was really one of the first ones to to really embrace it and and really do these types of time of of uh, time lapse films really really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this one, yeah, this one's at 4K too, so you can you can yeah. download a super high res version if you want to look at it. Um, yeah, yeah it's this interesting. Is in fact, he work. was one of the first guys to put out a 4K file for this kind of thing. Tom Lowe, yeah. Yep. Yeah, like this timescapes was like, ooh, the first and he's, 4K video, you know. He's very active, or was at the time anyway, in in the time-lapse community, um, helpful in terms of, of, you know, putting together a rig and, and you know, for those people just getting started. Uh, I don't know how he is now, but I, I do remember reading a lot that he was yeah. that he was really helpful. If you're interested in doing nighttime time-lapse or time-lapse of any kind uh, and you use Lightroom, uh, LR time lapse is the the plugin for Lightroom that does all kinds of fancy time lapsey stuff, where it actually will smooth out uh, exposures, mm-hmm. so you don't get the flickering and that kind of stuff. It's it's sort of the holy grail of of this kind of thing, and uh, the guys do a great job. And it exports. I think it it takes a, a bunch of images that'll smooth everything out, and it'll ex- export ProRes four 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 and stuff. Yeah. So it's crazy, crazy cool stuff. Go to the uh, landscape a- page on this guy's site. Uh, fifth row down, third image in, right in the center. Doesn't that yeah. look like the Paramount logo where the stars kind of fly in, where they push in on the mountain and the stars oh, yeah, kind of me... fly in and form oh, the arc yeah, over yeah, the mountain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that funny? It's uh, is that a new thing when they do that? In, the, in that, it was, did the Paramount logo always do that or is that I don't a... think so. No, it was because it used to be Gulf Western Paramount and it was just a, it was a blue, like a light blue logo on black and it said uh, Paramount, a Gulf Western company. I remember that. And I think that, when yeah. they sold it, they that's when they started to change. They started flying in. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, 
Yeah, I like this stuff. I, I like looking at this stuff. My, my my big thing with like astrophotography and landscape stuff is finding people who do it in a way that stands out from the crowd. Yeah, you know, this is so well done. Yeah, I, this I really, really well like done. this. That, uh, that that first image that I pointed out with the the bristlecone pine on the on the homepage, beautiful shot. You can never go wrong with bristlecone pines. You should you should definitely make a point. If anybody goes to if you if you go out the east entrance of um, uh, east entrance of Yosemite, you come out to around Bishop, California. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, sure. Where Mono Lake is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If you go east up into the mountains out of Bishop, sort of these back roads and stuff, you get up to the Methuselah, Methuselah Grove, which apparently has the oldest trees ever found, uh, the oldest living things ever found too. Um, and you can you can walk around. Uh, Conrad and I walked around there. We went up in the dark and walked around as the sun was rising, and it was just mm. us and these trees that are forty five hundred years old. Wow! And it's yeah, it's it was really something special. So uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. dot uh, com. You can uh, send us a voicemail three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven, and uh, at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sidoris on the different things. Right, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Anything else? Mm. I don't think so. All right. I want to see Pete's Dragon. That's something. I don't know. Is that a movie? Yeah. Did you ever see Pete's Dragon as a kid? Nope. Disney film. uh, Little boy had a dragon. In the original, the dragon was animated. The film was live action, but the the dragon was was cell animated. Oh, I did not. And they've recreated this? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that was creepy because the kid was very 70s in that. Redford's in it. I love me some yeah, Robert yeah, Redford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Robert Redford too. Oh, look, what's her name is in that movie. I like her. Uh, Howard. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. I, I have a crush on her. I think she's very beautiful. Well, I'll let her know that you said that next time she calls. Oh, she's in the, he, uh, Robert Redford's in the new one too. Yes. Oh, I thought he was in the old one. No, no, no. He's in the new oh, one. Oh, I was going to say. I like old. I like uh, young Robert Redford too. He's a good-looking man when he was younger. He's still good-looking, but he was especially. He's good-looking eighty when he was and he still looks amazing. Come on, I you know. should be. You should look so good when you're eighty. Who are you? I know. Kidding? Well, you didn't look that good when you were eighty. <laughs> yeah, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeffrey. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go out, have some fun, be good to each other. Talk to you next week.